Good evening. Hi, guys. All right. So uh, as Josh mentioned, we are kind of in like graduation season. And um, is that Ivy? Ivy. That's funny. Hi. So we're in graduation season, and um, there's a lot of graduations to recognize and celebrate. There's a lot of transitions to celebrate. And uh, let's just survey the room really quick. So uh, the, the eighth graders going into ninth grade, can you raise your hands real quick and just keep them up? You're gonna have to be real strong here. Okay, keep them up. Okay, if you graduated high school this year, can you put your hand up? Okay, we got some graduates. Hands sneaking up, yeah. Okay, if you graduated or received an associate's degree, you've got two years of college and you received a certificate, can you slip your hand up as well this year? Okay. They're like, I don't want this recognition. Well, you need it, so yeah, hands up. Okay, how about uh, technical school or trade school or um, you know, another two-year program type school? Yeah, yeah, okay. How about any bachelor's degrees? Anybody earn a, over here? Okay, yeah. There they are, nice. Uh, grad school. Hey, yeah, okay. Awesome. Okay, if your hand is up, put it all the way up so we can see. We wanna, look at all these hands, okay. And then let's keep going, grad school. I know that there's some medical school students uh, that have or are going to graduate. Can you put your hands up? Good, yeah. That's awesome. Okay, you can put your hands down. So uh, this is kind of like we, we get to have a moment to kind of talk about graduation and to talk about this promotion, this celebration. But we're going we're gonna to hear from the Lord and His Word uh, while also recognizing and, and charging. I want to leave you with a charge of things to remember if you will, as you make this transition. And so many of the graduates here in our church, whether it be the high school, the community college, technical or trade schools, universities, graduate programs, and even medical school, what they've done is they've taken the tests and they can think back on the hard, the most difficult tests they took. They finished the homework assignments. They stayed up too late probably. They passed the labs. They studied the notes and they endured the lectures. And now they and their families can breathe a sigh of relief. Finally, did it. They finally made it to the conclusion of that grueling step in their life. And as MBT families recognize and celebrate all of the accomplishments and graduations that have occurred throughout the body during this season, I'd like to charge us all with some of the challenging remarks and reminders in Scripture that we can find in a study of the Word, finally. It's a short study. The word finally only shows up a handful of times, and we're going to look at a few of them. The first is from Philippians chapter 3, verse 1. Paul says, Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. Graduates, church members alike, let your heart find joy and happiness in Jesus and not cheap thrills and not in the compromises of the flesh, right? Let's not, as a church, let's not settle for the fake and temporal happinesses that satisfy your flesh but not your soul. 
Let the fellowship of Christ and the fruit of the Spirit cause you to overflow with joy and gladness. Don't we know that whenever you get done with high school, you're ready to just be free? Ah. And that summer, you want to travel and you want to just run away, right? Okay, don't run too far away, right? Don't settle for temporal uh, satisfaction in the flesh. Right. Find your joy and your happiness in the Lord. Psalm chapter 4, uh, Psalm 4, verses 3 through 8 says, But know that the Lord hath set apart him that is godly for himself. The Lord will hear when I call unto him. Stand in awe and sin not. Commune with your own heart upon your bed. And be still, Selah. Offer the sacrifices of righteousness and put your trust in the Lord. There be many that say, Who will show us any good? Lord, lift thou up the light of thy countenance upon us. Watch this. Thou hast put gladness in my heart more than in the time that their corn and their wine increased. I will both lay me down in peace and sleep, for thou, Lord, only makest me dwell in safety. So here's our first charge. Charge number one. Rejoice in the Lord, for he's so good. God is better than anything else that we're going to experience. God is better than anything else we're going to receive. God is better than anything else that you're going to experience in life. And so rejoice in Him. Let that be what your joy and your happiness is sourced in. Let that be what fills your heart. And the second thing, the second uh, verse that I'd like to read that uh, uses the word finally is Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Paul again writes, he says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Students, graduates, parents, siblings, all of us, let your mind and thoughts be guided by the Word of God and how He's moving in your life. Think on those things. Don't settle with the vain and time-consuming distractions that the world taunts us with. Let the wonder and the depth of God's Word and His kingdom engage your mind and draw your attention. Let LFBI be what's saturated in your soul. Not just all the awesome shows on Netflix or Hulu or whatever, right? Let the Word of God and what God is doing be what fills our thought life. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2 describes this. Paul says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So as we make this transition and we make this jump in life as a church body, our charge number two is be intentional with your mind. 
Don't let just anything in there. I graduated from UMKC uh, a few years ago, several years ago, and I remember the education I received, and I'm thankful for the things that I learned that apply to my career and the life lessons that I learned while I attended there, but I also know that in a lot of my classes, there was a lot of indoctrinating happening, a lot of worldly thinking being planted in my brain, and I remember grappling with it, and I remember asking uh, some of the men in here who have invested in me, I remember asking them questions about what I was learning, like, what's the Bible say about this or this, and it was challenging, because the world is going to teach you. They want to teach you. The world is doing a fantastic job indoctrinating people, and we have to be mindful of that and aware of that especially those of you who are going in to further your education. Man, be intentional with your mind. Know what you're putting in. Believe what you know from the Word of God and know why you believe it. Don't let it just be Bible stories and lessons that you learned in Sunday school. Own it, right? Our next charge comes from Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. It says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Church, let your strength be found in the Holy Spirit and His Word and not your willpower. Don't let your strength be found in your intellect. Don't let it be found in your determination. Don't settle for the best you can build and create for yourself. Let the strengthening work of the Holy Spirit have its place in your inner man. Ephesians chapter three, verses 16 and 19, Paul was praying for the church and he said, uh, he prayed that, that God, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in, in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. So charge number three is, find your strength in the Lord and in his great love for us. Think about it. The people who are the most confident, the people who are the strongest, are those who know they're loved unconditionally. If I know that I'm loved no matter what, then I'm willing to do daring things. And I'm willing to be bold. I'm willing to have conversations. I'm willing to fail. It's okay because I know I'm loved and I'm accepted. Right? Where do you get that love and acceptance? You get it from the Lord. And that ought to be our strength. That ought to be our confidence. Not what we can accomplish in our flesh. Does this make sense? Our next charge comes from Second Thessalonians chapter three, verse one. He says, "Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified, even as it is with you, graduates, church. Let your prayer life be motivated by the kingdom of God and the glory of His word, not just trivial pursuits." Not just our personal problems and our own gain. Like, let, let our prayer life be motivated by what God wants and what God wants to accomplish in our lives. Don't settle. Here's the, here's the I think, tendency. 
we, if we make the jump from, say, high school to college or college to regular life, whatever it is, whichever transition it might be, we want to get comfortable, right? We want to get settled in this new stage in life, right? You're maybe more independent. Maybe you get the, 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 the first job that's really well-paying. And what we want to do is kind of settle in and get comfortable, but I want to charge us, don't settle for a menial and a convenient cultural Christianity. Let your prayers be emboldened before the throne of God in request of fruit and grace and comfort and the kingdom. Let's trust God for big things because he's a big God. Let's trust God for souls. Let's trust God for growth. Let's trust God through failure. Let's not be afraid of that. John 15, 7, Jesus told the disciples, If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. We've got all the power of God, right? We have, we have the power of God at our, at our call. Let's use it. Let's be used by God. Amen? Charge number four is this. Pray according to God's agenda. And I know this, that with a, a, a room this big and with the, I mean, the relationships I know I have with people in here, I know that there are situations that we are trusting God for. There's things that only God can do in our lives and through our lives. Man, let's lift, let's be bold to lift that up to Him. There's people we're trusting God will save in our lives. Let's be desperate in prayer. Let's be broken in prayer. Let's not shy away from that. Have big prayers that change people's lives. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8 uh, brings us our next charge. He says, Finally, be ye all of one mind, having compassion one of another. Love as brethren. Be pitiful. Be courteous. Pastor Sam's going to do a series where where he's teaching and preaching and guiding us through Scripture about our relationships, right? About unity through the summer. Well, let's start right now. Be of one mind. Young people and older people alike, let your friendships and relationships be those with, uh, with people who share the same vision and mission that you do, that of Jesus Christ, sharing the love, the mercy, and the truth of the gospel with the world, not with people who just want to cause division and strife and drama. Let's choose who we, who we go arm in arm with in this transition. Don't settle with people whose friendship ultimately leads you into friendship with the world or worldliness. Let your fellowship and accountability be with people who will walk with you into a deeper and a more meaningful relationship with Christ. And treat them well. Treat them biblically. Love them. Prefer them. Take care of the people who God puts in your life. Even if it's somebody you didn't expect would be there. And I think about the seniors, and you guys are going to make this transition. I remember when I graduated high school, I had a mullet... Yeah. And I uh, remember I, I wrote a letter to who, who, who was my best friend in high school. 
and he wrote a letter to me and it was basically just like, I was thankful to him. I just wanted to know how much I cared about him and uh, how you know much his friendship has meant to me and that our time in high school. And he is now still the closest person besides my wife who I went to high school with. And I see him like once every two or three years. And it's because he's just passing through, right? And we're, we're still cool. But the new friendships and the new relationships that you will inevitably build, man, trust God with them, right? Trust God with them. Treat those people well. And find ones that will treat you well. Charge number five is this. Be a biblical friend. Be a biblical friend. And this last verse that we'll read, uh, it has, it's kind of stood out to me over the last couple weeks in relation to the graduating seniors. So Sam told me I could, I could uh, you know, promote the seniors and that I get a few minutes on Sunday and he said, but it can't, like we, everyone is fitting things. God is at work in all of the church, not just the high school class. And so I had to be brief. And so I had, to, uh, I had to prepare and get a charge that was not only to the seniors, but that we can all draw application from. But this last verse, I can't help but just focus in on the seniors graduating. We spent seven years together, many of us, seven years that they were in youth ministry and I was the middle school leader for some of that time with these kids graduating and they meant a lot to me and also to the youth team and obviously to the parents and the families. Um, but this verse, I, I, I would read it, I'd be sitting in my classroom at work reading it and I'd just like start crying, I'm like, what is this? I can't, kids are coming in. I'm like, oh, hey, yeah, yeah, all right. Grab a seat. Let's get to work. It's this. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11. Seniors, hear this. Finally, brethren, farewell. Be perfect. Be of good comfort. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace shall be with you. Let us as a church be perfect. Be, be mature, be growing, be conformed to the image of Jesus. Let us as a church be comforted by the God of all comfort, who's with us in any trial and tribulation. Be comforted by Him. Let Him comfort you. Let us as a church be of one mind, living in peace and unity with one another, preferring one another, as we said. Let us as a church remember that the God of love and peace, Emmanuel, the Lord Jesus, is with us. Don't forget that. God is with you. We're going to pray here in a moment. But to the graduating high school senior class of 2022, it has been an honor. And it's been a privilege to be your youth pastor and to serve with you guys in ministry. It's been awesome. To all of the graduates in each age and stage of life, finally, congratulations on a task well done. Amen, can we give it up for our graduates?
So we'll transition now. We'll break into uh, small groups and we're going to pray. So pray for these things. You might write these down. Let's pray for this as a church as we conclude tonight. Let's pray for all the transitions. For the families, for the parents, for the students, for the graduates, all the transitions that are happening in our church. All the, all the shifting around that people are doing. Let's also pray for our own walk with God. Maybe there's something in, the, in those charges, in these verses that you know God is, is knocking on your heart. He's saying, hey, let's deal with this. Maybe you need to pray with someone. Let's pray for our own walk. And let's pray kingdom prayers. Maybe there's someone you're burdened for. Let's lift them up to the Lord. Let's pray for the lost. Let's pray for open doors. Amen? Makes sense? Okay, let's break up into our groups, and then here in about a few minutes, we'll have the praise team lead us in worship to conclude.